0: What I want to do this morning is use this text, this really fascinating, strange, otherworldly story from Mark's gospel, and, and help and use it to help us reframe or rethink how we approach and understand all of life. And as we do that, it'll help us understand how we make sense and find purpose and meaning even in The challenges that this lockdown poses, uh, in many ways, Um, I bumped into someone during the week uh, on the street. As uh, you know, my hundred meter walk to Woolies in Roselle, Um, occasionally I bump into folk, and so standing in appropriately safe distance with our masks on, I was chatting with someone who's part of this community, and they said they'd been reading Mark's Gospel, as I'd encouraged everyone to, and they said, ah. it's a strange book," it says. "I'm not sure I believe all of it, and um, I step back, waiting for the lightning to strike, uh, which it didn't, which it didn't, because I think God knows that it is, it is a world that uh, can seem very alien to us, um, and of course, what we have to do is suspend our own chronological snobbery and go because I find this alien and strange it means it's wrong and primitive and my way of seeing the world is of course better now that's a very natural human reaction but just suspend that and go what is you know, what is going on here and what can I learn and how can I grow how can I connect with god and learn about god through this text so that's what we're going to try and do this morning and well that's what we're going to do i'm going to do it and we're going to look at um Mark, uh, we're going to look at this story and we're going to think about three things. We're going to think about, you know, what is is the purpose of life uh, and how do we see that expressed here and then how do we live it out Um, and uh, what does that actually look like? So let's have a look. I'm going to just pull up the screen and um, share the screen with us in a moment. Okay, that's working. Okay, people can see that. Yep, awesome. So what is, dear friends, what is the purpose of our lives? Why I think that's interesting and important to think about now is um, I think I'm thinking of COVID as the great revealer. This pandemic is the great revealer. And what do I mean by that? Well, I think as COVID and our response to it strips away so much of the surface-level stuff that we rely on to fill our lives, we discover that it was a lot of these surface-level things that uh, either we look to to give us a sense of meaning or purpose and significance in our lives, or we used to distract us from the underlying emptiness and lack of meaning and purpose in our lives. So there's a way of thinking about life from pascal forwards it says we are essentially amusing ourselves to death that is we use entertainment and distraction as a key strategy for uh, grappling with the apparent meaningless and purposeless, purposelessness of life and i'd say in our culture we do two things yeah we do that for sure so work Friends, activities, concerts, movies, going out and about, all these things travel can either distract us from the emptiness or we can look to these things themselves to give us the content of our lives. And what COVID has done is stripped those away and revealed uh, perhaps the emptiness, perhaps the, the deep questions and struggles of finding purpose in life and meaning and and revealed our our vulnerability and our fragility, the great lack of control that we have, revealed that we're not nearly as um, robust as we thought we were, and life isn't as predictable as we thought it was. So, uh, one of the things I'm trying to do for myself to stay sane, and I'm hoping to do for you, is then to reframe this and go, okay, let's let's not let's not. Angry or upset at all of this, though that's okay. But but in the midst of all of that, let's also think what is, what's it going to teach us? And here's and and is there a way of finding meaning and purpose and, and deep significance in life, even in the face of uh, of lots of limitations and lots of stress? So, I think there is. This black screen represents chaos, uh, death, disease, destruction. This is the reality of life in the world outside the Garden of Eden where uh, where God has handed the nations over to the authority of the uh, rebellious Elohim where human uh, selfishness uh, works with spiritual rebel spiritually rebellious powers and authorities and principalities to pull everything apart to bring chaos and destruction and disorder and uh, we saw last week that um, that this uh, that that God's plan is to push back this darkness, and uh, the key way this darkness is pushed back, actually, we saw last week, is when the glory of God, the glorious Yahweh Himself, becomes incarnate, and He becomes incarnate in His Son Jesus, and uh, and that Jesus punches a hole in the darkness. Um, he pushes back all the all the chaos and the death and the disease and the destruction. We've seen that in Mark's gospel in the first eight chapters. And then we see that super clearly here, don't we? That Jesus as Yahweh, the great God above all gods, the one true God, has come into the world and is now defeating all the powers of evil. Everything and all all the power everything that makes for disconnection, for brokenness, for sin. Uh, disease, all these things, and the spiritual forces that work with them and animate them, uh, Jesus is going toe-to-toe with them and destroying them. And we know in Mark's gospel that this will now uh, culminate greatly and climactically in the cross when when in a, a way that no one understands through the gospel right up until the end, in the death of the son of Yahweh, Jesus, uh, there is a final overthrow and defeat of evil. Okay, so you go, great, Mark. You've said nothing new here. What does that mean? Well, you know what our job is? (laughs) You know what our purpose in life is? Well, it's now to say here is, as it were, the, the light of the cross, the light of the kingdom of God, the power of God in the world, And what God wants to do is extend that light and push back the frontiers of darkness. And you know how that happens? It's when uh, when here's a human heart. A human heart gets connected to the love of Jesus, the light of Jesus. And this human heart punches a hole in the evil and the chaos around them as they submit to Jesus. And then there's another human heart that gets connected to Jesus through this human heart. And that human heart punches a hole in the chaos and the disorder and the distraction and the disease. And then there's another human heart that brings God's light and God's kingdom. And then there's another human heart. And, uh, and then there's another human heart, right? And uh, you keep doing this and the hearts get less and less accurately drawn. You keep doing that and slowly what you see is God's plan through changing every heart, bringing everyone into connection with himself in the power of the Spirit connected to Jesus, we then have the ability, each heart, to expand the kingdom of God so the light overcomes the darkness. And there's less and less darkness in the world, right? That's the plan. Less and less evil, less and less corruption, less and less despair, less and less death, less and less hopelessness. That's the purpose of life. So eventually, do you know what's going to happen? Eventually the whole page is white. Eventually every bit of darkness is removed. Um, So that's what's going on here, right, in this passage. Um, There's a boy who is um, caught up with a a demonic power that is um, working in him and through him to try and destroy him. Now you go, hmm, how is that possible? Uh, maybe you find it hard to think that spirits and spirit, unembodied personal power exists and can act in the world. We, we, we're not used to thinking of that. But I, I want you to stop and think for a moment. In fact, um, we are, all are aware if we stop and participate every day in the reality that our spirits, our, our non-material being actually affects the world day by day in, and affects and works on and reorders this material reality day by day. Let me give you an example. Uh, how many of you and I'm looking at the looking at you all on the little gallery view how many of you have done any baking in this COVID lockdown hands up if you've done some baking yay okay yeah, I can see look at that well oh gosh there we go it's fantastic even the blokes have been baking oh that's wonderful so I haven't done any baking um but Margot has and she's fantastic uh, at baking but here's the thing about baking right um Say for example, uh, say for example, I wanted to bake a cake. Well, actually, do you know what is the cause? Do you know how I cause a cake to get baked? Well, I mean, in my family, I ask Margot. But actually, imagine if um, if (laughs) if I were to bake a cake, my spirit is the ultimate cause of uh, baking this cake. There wasn't a cake. What happens? I have the idea. I think my mind, which is spirit, which is non-material, my mind has a vision and an intention to bring into being that which did not exist before—a beautiful banana cake—and and then my mind acts on this physical reality to create a cake. Um, and that's a Godlike thing. That's no different to how God works. So my mind, my thoughts, unembodied uh, personal energy that then acts on my body, and then my body acts on other bodies. And uh, here's where this is all very Godlike, but where we're a little different, or in fact massively different to God, our spiritual power to act on the world is limited to rearranging what is already there. Whereas God is the only being who is so powerful that God's spiritual energy can actually create material reality that didn't exist. So God can create material reality out of the energy of His physical, of His spiritual reality. Which of course we understand as at a f- we 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 understand this because actually now we know that matter is really. Uh, actually just a form of energy so in fact it all makes sense from a physics point of view that but but god's power is such his spiritual power is so great that he can take his spiritual energy and turn it into the energy of matter you and i can take the energy of our spirits of our minds and we can use that to act on matter to rearrange it in a form to take bananas and flour and sugar and uh, i don't know what else goes in a cake um Stuff and uh, put it together, and it becomes a beautiful cake. Um, The question is Will our spiritual energy be put to rearranging matter in such a way that it looks more like heaven, or rearranging matter in such a way that it looks more like hell? you see the demons in Jesus' day and the spiritual forces that exist today that are opposed to God, and many, 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 many people and parts of us are going to use our spiritual energy to um, make the world a little more like hell, that is, to extend the powers of darkness. And we do that by destruction, by pulling things apart, by, by lies, by deceit by anything that mars the goodness of God's creation, by um, not caring for the world, by selfishness, all kinds of things. Disease is really uh, a way in which material reality is reconstituted in a way that works against life. Right? That's all it is. It's when the the physical material processes of a human system are disordered or degraded in a way that ends life. And so um, in this story, Jesus is able to simply speak and release the divine energy that is his as God and uh, And that simultaneously casts out the demon. And if the demon were working through some physical, as through the material processes and perhaps even a disease process such as epilepsy, simultaneously remove the demon and restore all the disconnected, disordered material bits of this young boy so that he is fully restored to health. So at one level, healing by word or faith is no different to healing by medicine. Both uh, except that uh, the healing by medicine starts again in the mind of the physician, of the doctor, of the scientist, uh, and applies that thought to the material reality through their bodies and through a, a long chain of causality which finally ends up with a vaccination in your arm or, uh, you know, replacing a heart valve, or whatever it might be. Uh, whereas in prayer, the chain of causality is much, much shorter. It's spirit acting directly, or far more directly, on matter. Um, but it's always spirit acting on matter. Okay. I hope you're all with me up to this point. Um, now, what's going on here, of course, is that uh, these, uh, this, this father had uh, brought the son to the disciples and they had failed to drive out the spirit. They had failed. Now, why was that? What's going on there? Well, our interaction, our spiritual interaction with matter and with other spiritual be- demons is complex, right? There is a limit to our power. And it would seem in this story that the limit that the disciples had come across the limit to their power, which is that they they had decided they could uh, go it alone um, and simply speak words, and demons and disease would obey them. This is what they'd experienced up to this point. Mark six verse thirteen, Jesus had given the instructions to go out and cast out demons and heal sickness, and maybe they'd done all this before and. Um, uh, and when we're talking about this as a staff team on Friday, Paul made the point. You know that maybe the point of this is don't rely on past success. Uh, I think that's right. And I think the past, the underlying principle is don't don't rely on yourself. There are limits to our power. There are limits to what we can achieve in the world. And um, that is a massive. Uh, challenge for us because we are so wonderfully gifted and competent right like our world is amazing I mean what we can do now not just as individual brains but our social brain are working together uh, extraordinary absolutely extraordinary our capacity to bring order out of chaos our capacity I mean we have taken this world um, let me you know and and with God we have man we have pushed back there is, there is, there is so much light everywhere in this world. Following on from God, I'm just, you know, I mean, you just think about this light is, this light is genetically modified crops. This that means we can now increase the carrying capacity of the world. This light is um, sanitation, running water, science. This light is um, uh, air conditioning. That means we can be productive in the tropics. This light is uh, literature, great ideas. The dem- the the. The, the invention of liberal democracy, of limited liability companies that enable us to uh, to create enormous wealth. The the development of markets, of of capitalism, of free trade, um, the the digitization of everything, this extraordinary explosion of human interconnectedness that enable us to go from uh, no vaccine to a functioning vaccine in a matter of months. I mean, this is unthinkably, extraordinarily, brilliantly wonderful, and all of this is pushing back the boundaries, all of this. We've got psychology that helps us deal with past trauma. We've got amazing medicine. We've got political processes. It's just unbelievably amazing what we have done as people made in the image of God to push back the darkness. Uh, And if ever you doubt it, and if ever you think, oh, the world's getting worse, and this is all terrible, and... there's a great website called humanprogress.org so go and read uh, humanprogress.org now check out the data look at the stats it is quite clear that we have had enormous success in pushing back the darkness haven't we? Um, we live longer we're healthier we treat each other better at, at almost every level but 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 we are going to come across demons that we can't handle ourselves. We're going to come across demons that we can't handle ourselves. And this is, seems to be the case here. In spite of all their past success, in spite of all the previous spiritual power that they had encountered... The disciples are powerless in the face of this. And so they bring, it, they bring the boy to Jesus. The dad goes, if you can help, have mercy on us. And Jesus goes, if, if, of course I can help, speaks the word. Uh, the spirit comes out of him. He shrieks violently, comes out. The boy looks like a corpse. Many said he's dead, but Jesus takes him by the hand, lifts him to the feet, he stood up. And after Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? He says, why were we limited in our power? Why was our spiritual power to act on the material and spiritual reality of disorder and chaos that confronted us? Why was it limited? And Jesus goes, this kind can come out only by prayer. What? What's he saying? What does he mean? as best as I can figure it out, what he's saying is, you know what? There is a limit to your power as the creature. So what you have to do is you've got to connect in the end. do not you, We will all reach the limits of our power to act in this world. And when we do that, and as we do that, what we've got to do is tap into the infinite power of the creator God. That's why we've got to pray. We've got to say there is is the ability that we have to connect with the all-sufficient, all-powerful, infinite creator who is also utterly, completely loving and completely committed to your well-being and my well-being. And when I pray, when I pray, Uh, I can connect and release and work with this power to push back the demons that are too far in for me to get at or are too powerful or the brokenness and uh, disorder and the chaos of the world that is intractable and beyond me. I can work with God in the world. And that's the point, that we're to work with God, not in independence not relying on our own success, though that may be great, and it is, and we are wonderful. And I don't really need God's help to tie my shoelace, but I need God's help to confront death. I need God's help to put an end to selfishness. I need God's help. What? Why would I not? Why would I not tap into this power source? This sort only comes out by prayer. Well, what does that mean for you this week? What does that mean for me? Well, we are to approach all of life in partnership with the God, the creator God who makes his energy available to us and that means we're to pray about everything and there is no separation between the spiritual and the material they work together. This was brought home to me really clearly by a, a fellow called Joe Lucy. I've told this story before it's one of it's uh, Joe is a, a European trained Congolese national who's an orthopedic surgeon uh, and Joe trained as an orthopedic surgeon. Uh, I think he completed his doctoral work in Belgium, Belgium and he uh, married, then married a British Baptist nurse, Lynn. And Joe and Lynn returned to the Congo, to, to Goma, in the eastern part of the DRC at the time of the um, genocide in Rwanda when that area was flooded with like a million and a half refugees. And they set up a teaching hospital in Goma, and uh, an extraordinary—I mean, one of so Margo and I have been involved with this over the years, and we've both been there on trips. And a few years ago, I took her when we were in Canada. I took a team with World Vision and our church to visit Goma, and took healthcare professionals and others to work in the community and to work with the hospital. And uh, Joe and Lynn—Lynn uh, Lynn has now passed away—but they were amazing, amazing people, and Joe as this Congolese orthopedic surgeon trained in the very best of Western medicine. We're talking with him and he said, well, you know, we have all these Western trained doctors and surgeons come to work with us. And he said, the first thing I have to do for all of them is I have to teach them to pray for their patients. Because if they don't pray for their patients, they're no better than witch doctors. (laughs) Apologies to... Doctors on the call, um, but I thought that that's it, that's the the best. And this was their whole ministry, their whole uh, organization and life was organized around this integration of the spiritual and the material consciously. Because in the DRC in Goma, they just knew that the demons were too deeply in, were too entrenched. They needed the divine energy of God to work with them on the operating table, in the healthcare system, in the community development projects. So everything is an opportunity to push back chaos, to bring in the kingdom of God, and everything needs to be done with prayer. So how's your prayer life? You know, this week... Maybe stop and think about everything you do and say, huh, this is an opportunity to pray. This is an opportunity to draw on the divine energy of God. Maybe you're really struggling with anxiety. I know this, This I find myself feeling anxious. And you, go, Why am I anxious? Why, why am I stressed? I'm normally fine up till about three in the afternoon. After that, I just find this kind of, hum of anxiety and I go I can't deal with that myself so maybe I I need to pray every day and I say God when that starts and I need your divine energy to just lower my adrenaline levels get rid of the cortisol just slow down my my nervous system allow me to trust God now that that I need God's energy for that you know you're at home with little kids how are you going to do that how are you going to be there for them how are you going to parent your kids well, every interaction you have with your child—what if it's bathed in prayer? What if you're consciously asking God to fill you with His energy and power to to bring your little child into the kingdom, and in so that so that your little child and your relation, your relating in that moment is looks a little more like heaven, a little less like hell. What about your marriage? Or the you know, like what about if? Every time you interact with your partner, you're you're consciously asking God to fill you with his energy so that you can love, so that you can forgive, so that you can think the best of your partner, so that you can bear with them, so that you can serve them, so that you can lay your life down for them. So that your marriage might look a little more like heaven and a little more like hell, and you need God's help for that. Um, everything becomes an opportunity to partner with God. For sure, there's going to be some tragedies in your life. I mean, you know, none of us gets out of this alive. You you do know that, right? Like, I'm not talking about the pandemic, um, but but there is a 100% fatality rate uh, with human existence, uh, at least at the material level. So why don't you pray about that? And as our, and Paul says this, as outwardly we are wasting away, but inwardly we're being renewed. So, so moment by, like here's a trigger for prayer every time as, as you and I age. Now some of you haven't hit this lovely stage of life, but every time you discover a new ache or another part of this, this outer body of yours, it doesn't work quite the way it used to. That's a time to pray and ask the, the creator of the universe to fill you with his divine energy so there'll be inner renewal that will help you to, in your, as the outer shell of you fades, that, that you will live more and more closely in heaven and your, your in, inner being will be prepared and fit for heaven. So lots of opportunities to pray. So that's what we should do. And you might say to me now, but Mark, I struggle to believe this. Well, then, that's okay, too, because, you know, here's the starting prayer, maybe. Maybe it's uh, verse 24, like the Father, you can say, you know, I believe this, but Jesus helped my unbelief. I believe it. I do. I do. I do. But I struggle to believe it. Uh, so Jesus even help my unbelief. I need God's divine power and energy to work on my belief system. So there we go. That is the challenge for this week and the opportunity for this week, and I hope you find it helpful. Um, It's profound. In this strange world, we can find that our meaning and purpose is to push back chaos in partnership with God and release the power of the Spirit into the world so that this world, in its little details and in its big scope and movement through history, looks a little more like heaven and a little less like hell, in your workplace, in your home, in your bedroom, in your boardroom, ever in between. I'm going to pray. Ah, Lord.